Welcome to the Dr. Dad's Podcast, where a naturopath and chiropractor come together each week to share lifestyle medicine, health advice, and inspiring interviews with some of the top experts in health and wellness, bringing you the latest in nutrition, exercise, ancient healing, toxins and detox, your microbiome, mindset, hormones, brain, and much more. Stay tuned. We're going to teach you how to experience growth daily. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Dad's with my main man, Dr. David Wardy. How are you, buddy? I'm fantastic, brother. I'm on my gym high. I just got out of the gym, and I'm feeling pretty saucy right now. You, you are saucy. I, I was going to say, you're looking jacked. You're just looking like you... I don't know what it is, and maybe it's more men, but there, there's something that happens to the neck, like the shape of the, the jawline changes pretty quickly. I mean, some of us maybe that are more um, used to going to the gym more regularly, the, the adaptation with the gym is pretty quick, but you, I saw it in you. I saw the juiciness. Uh, and yeah, you just crushed a workout. Tell, tell us about what's going on in your life, man. Yeah, so we talk about setting these seasonal goals, right? Like telling people to have like a yearly goal, but you got to check in like every quarter and like talk about what you want to do. So I'll talk about my motivation first because that's important, the why, right? Yeah. So Diego's eight now, buddy, and he's a, he's a big kid. Like he's, he's pretty solid, and we've got him in martial arts and all these other things, so he's just a strong kid. He has that nice core functional strength and so like i'm noticing when i'm playing with him like it's getting a little it's getting a little uh tougher because he's heavier and he's stronger so i was like man i told me the other day i was like buddy i'm gonna have to go beast mode i'm gonna have dad's gonna have to get strong again so that i can handle wrestling with you and keeping up because honestly like it's interesting like you watch your kids grow and and they get strong man and then that that strength and that endurance that energy and and you want to match it and still play with them and keep up. And, yeah. and like, I was, I'm doing okay, but it's kind of like, I want it to be a little bit more easy when I have to do those things. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm just, I'm getting back in the gym and I had a goal for the fall. To, I'm doing like a, basically a, a strength training uh, buildup over about four months and I'm building a good foundation. We talked about the GMB stuff. Mm-hmm. I've been doing a lot of GMB. So I'm working on my, stability and my flexibility and my mobility and I'm building that, that good foundation and then I'm slowly bringing body weight strength exercises in like pull-ups and push-ups and you know core stuff and then now I'm doing some kettlebell stuff and dynamic movements um, and then I'm working my way into just lifting a little bit more weight all the way through Christmas and my goal is to put on about 25 pounds yeah 25 pounds of muscle and so I set a goal for myself and this was like a month a month ago sorry uh, this was like a month ago, and so I started out at like 162, and I think I'm like almost a month in, and I'm already 10 pounds up. So wow, yeah, like I, it's cool, man. Awesome. So like, so yeah, I mean, we talk about these goals, and that's just been like that's my fall goal. I'm really focusing on my fitness, and here's the cool part: I'm only going to the gym twice a week, mm-hmm. and then I have one other day where I'm just active. So like my gym days are Tuesday, Thursdays. And on the weekends, I try to do something where I'm running around like with Diego, whether we're riding bikes or, you know, we do something active and that's it, man. So what I think our listeners would love to hear about this is the magic is actually in the recovery. Like, mm. and it's, it's honest, it's, it's interesting because when I was younger and I didn't know better, it was always the focus was on the gym. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't really do what I needed to do after that. I didn't focus on that. And I'm 40 years old now, man, and it's like the wisdom kicks in and you're like, oh, I had this completely opposite. Like you got to get stuff done in the gym, but it's all that time in between and what you're doing that really gives you that growth and, and the, the benefit of health that you're looking for. And that's the fun thing that I enjoy with the, it's, it's not the result I'm going to get. It's literally going through this process. Mm-hmm. And, and watching how you can do these little things to just start improving things. And, and like what you're noticing when we were talking about earlier, that's just hormones, right? Yeah. It was funny. Um, I'm posting that supplement of the week thing now. Have you seen that? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I love it. That was awesome. And if you go back to the first one I posted and then you follow it by week, you can see it because that's right when I started my little my little uh my little journey right now yeah. so it'll be cool when i'm doing my supplement of the week like at christmas time we'll see what i look like by then jeez you're, you're gonna have to get two cameras on you but yeah man it's, it's cool <laughs> right like i'm doing fasting I'm, I'm doing loading days carb loading days you know i'm doing a lot of opti bff i'm doing a lot of muscle rx 
those are i'm doing a lot of body health aminos like yeah. a lot of amino acids some creatine i'm eating good i'm fitting in that intermittent fasting i'm even doing some 24-hour fasts once a week still uh, but then i have these days where i i feast basically so it's actually a fun eating schedule mm-hmm. and then my metabolism's kicking up so like you just got to feed the fire, but I'm eating good and just trying to, to feed what I need to. Yeah, no, I love that. And and just for those of you who are tuning in, if you, if you didn't catch the GMB, that's Gold Metal Bodies. We did a, an amazing podcast with another like brother from another mother and like just another soul brother who who has on a mission to change the way that people move and, and recover and, um, you know, gain strength and flexibility. So that's Ryan, the Ryan Hurst podcast. If you haven't tuned into that one, definitely go back and check that out. Um, and you, I, I mean, you said so many important things that I think uh, you know require a little bit of a deeper dive. And one is, uh, I think, one of the first ones is just that variation piece, and and, and the why. You know, maybe even just starting there. But um, I think often when people get going on a plan, they just think about, oh, I want, I want my body to look a certain way. Um, but really you're speaking it from a functionality point of view, obviously dad point of view, you want to be there to be, you know, uh, challenged by your son, but also to grow with him and, and show him what it takes in order to, you know, be disciplined and, 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 uh, you know, all throughout life, not just at, at certain moments or because you're training for something. It's just that, how do you build that into a lifestyle? So I think like, maybe let's, um, just unpack a little bit of, you know, I mean, I think you did a good job explaining the why, but let's talk a little bit about that variation piece because I think so many people just get stuck in the rut of I'm just going to hit this out to hit that goal. And, uh, but you, you shared some really important information there. Well, the variation, I think there's this general idea amongst the, the population, those conventional wisdoms, right. That we talk about where they think that like when you're, when you're lifting a lot or let's say I'm trying to put on muscle or, or, or gain weight and gain strength or whatever it may be. Right. I got, there's got to be more of everything. Yeah. And, and it's honestly not true. Like it's not the way your body works. It's very yeah. interesting though. Right. Oh yeah. Because we're, we're, we're all there. Right. We've all, yeah, like that. I was there. We were young. Yeah. You just don't know, you don't, you don't know till you know. And, and so you start understanding how your body actually functions and it's really, we're amazing machines, man. That's mm-hmm. the, that is the really cool part where you start to see when you have the recipe just right, like how effortless things will happen for you with your health when you just like tweak the variation of like, so for example, uh, I work out Tuesday, Thursdays in the afternoons. So one of the main things I had to change is I do eat a breakfast pretty much every morning. So that either consists of like a organic gluten-free oatmeal uh, or I'm doing like uh, eggs in the morning. You know, it's not, it's not a huge meal, but I am eating something in the morning. I do yeah. eat something. And then uh, I don't, I basically on Mondays, I, I, I eat lunch at one. So I eat a, a good, good size lunch and then I eat a good size dinner. So those are kind of like my feasting days. Mm-hmm. To some degree, but not not a whole lot. I'm not eating like a huge breakfast. Yeah. And then Tuesdays, I'll eat a small breakfast, and then I go all the way until like two. I go to the gym, work out an hour, and then I jump on with you on the podcast. I'll hit up some aminos uh, in the morning all the on all these days. But then yeah. I also on the gym days, I hit up aminos before and after I work out. So like right now, I'm drinking aminos right now. And I'm talking to you, and I still haven't eaten yet. I just had yeah. this morning. I had a bar, like a protein bar. Mm-hmm. So I am pretty much talk about that because you said protein bar. Like that's there's so many different kinds of protein bars. Yeah. So like, so like what I'm what I'm doing right now. Let's see. This morning I did like a it was like a nut butter bar, but it had it had protein in it. But it was really it's super clean. There's not a lot of sugar. It's just like the nut butter, and, and it's got added protein. They I guess they put powder and stuff in there. And it has natural sweeteners and stuff. And like that was just like to put something in my stomach this morning. And then, uh, oh, and then I, I, if I'm, I'm a little hungry and I'm snacking right now, I'm just doing, uh, my mom makes these fat bombs. They're called uh, chocolate haystacks. Oh man, they're so good. You have to really just try to only eat one or two because you just kind of want to keep eating them. But they're delicious. So like usually if you just have one that holds you over and then like, so I'm, 
I'm I'm probably in ketosis right now, man. But I'm just but I'm fine. I just I had tons of energy in the gym and I, I got a good pump on today with what I was doing and I'm hanging out with you and I'm not hungry. Like I'm good. And I'll eat when I get off the podcast right now. Mm-hmm. And then I'll probably eat dinner and then I'll have a post dinner, probably small snack, like what am I doing right now? Like uh, like a cachava or I'll do sometimes some more like fat bomb type stuff, but it's usually yeah. keto. And then that's it. And mm-hmm. then tomorrow again, decent breakfast. I'll eat lunch tomorrow and then I'll have a big dinner. So I'll, I'll feast again tomorrow. So I'm kind of loading my system with it like glucose, right? On my Mondays and then I'm burning it out on Tuesdays. And then I load up Wednesdays, I burn it out Thursday. And then I feast on the weekends. And so I'm feasting on the weekends purposefully. Yeah. Uh, pretty much because I'm trying to gain weight and I'm trying to build density of muscle. And I just, you have to, you have to give the, you have to give the body enough to build. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. See, that's it. I love, I love the way you're doing it because you're sort of feasting the day before uh, a more intense workout. Whereas many people, I think, would think about feasting on those days where, the, where the, with the intense workout. And, and you're stacking things differently because you want the hormone response, not necessarily the glucose insulin response. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about that. With with what I'm doing, I'm loading my tank, my my muscle tank with glucose. The body's getting fed fuel, and I'm loading it up on a Monday, and then on Tuesday, I I'm letting my my system pretty much burn all that out. It's gonna burn what I eat for breakfast, but then when that's done, it's gonna go kick into what I loaded the previous day. I'm gonna burn that out all the way through my workout. Right. And then all the way through till it's usually four o'clock on Tuesday, Thursday before a meeting. And then all that excess glucose from Monday is going to be burnt up and I'll probably be, be in ketosis. And then I'm getting this massive hormone response out of my body. Like, so that's the other side of it, everybody. When you're, when you're doing this, your growth hormone shoots up massively. Your testosterone on guys, I think it was 1200% when you're peaking. Like increase in testosterone. I mean, your inflammation's dropping in your body. You're 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 allowing the the body really to just thrive off ketones. So you're feeding your cells better fuel. I mean, there's all these benefits happening, and that's what expresses health. So then you feel better, and your brain's sharper, and you have more energy, and you're more steady throughout the day. And like for example, my sleep's been awesome. Like since I started all this up, uh, my sleep has improved. Like. In honesty, it wasn't that it wasn't that great like last month, and then this month, hi bub, this month, ever since I started doing all this and being a little bit more disciplined about it, my sleep has improved significantly. My aura ring showing better readiness scores, so my recovery is faster. So I'm getting validation, you know, like I'm I'm not just you know not testing and measuring here. There's measurements happening, but like you're seeing health express when you start changing the recipe. And then again, this is just through Christmas, right? And then I have to change it again in January. So I'm going to change gears. Because if I stay on this regimen too long, my body will get sluggish and it will get used to it. And then I won't be seeing all those health benefits that I'm seeing now. It'll, it'll, I'll maintain, but I won't be getting that, you know, that, that shift that you want, that adaptation so that you, the body has to shift gears a little bit. We're designed to shift gears, everybody. If you're not shifting gears, it's not good for your health. Your body has to upshift and downshift throughout the year and your variation and how you're going about it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, what, one thing, actually, I was just, I was just reading a study uh, recently just about what overtraining does to the brain. And there's a really important sweet spot that we get where we, you know, start raising those endorphins and which which actually act like uh, opioids in the body and they, they suppress pain and they help us feel really good. But then there's overtraining and that's where we start to get a decreased effect. But this, this kind of euphoria and feeling good, making good choices, being on, on point and like feeling like you're in flow that happens from proper recovery with the right amount of stimulus. And the type of exercise you do is going to determine the amount of growth hormone. And it turns out like high intensity interval training is a better surge of growth hormone than say like aerobic or like slow exercise. So even varying the type of intensity is super important. So Dave's 
David's getting a bigger kick and growth hormone because he's really pushing himself on those Tuesdays and Thursdays so that he's reaping more of that reward. But it's also like changing. It's, it's literally changing neurogenesis in the brain. So it's changing the way that the brain operates. And, you know, if you think of so many people, they're stuck in that fight or flight state. And, uh, and then they're upregulating that fight or flight state with overtraining. And then they're beating themselves up because they're not getting the results that they want. And it becomes this really nasty cycle where we start to punish ourselves and we start making really shitty choices with our food. And the pattern just sort of repeats itself. So we're stuck in inflammation. But there's, there is a sweet spot. And that's literally what you're speaking to here. Well, you know, the guy you just described there or just like <laughs> overtraining, like I did that for years, man. Yeah. Like that was me. Yeah. Like I, I, you know, it, it's funny because I, I want people that, that are listening to this to understand like there is a better way and you need, you need to change your process if you're not getting the results you want. But it's neat when you when you understand this and the body starts working for you and you, you start fine tweaking it, it's just a lot easier. And that's what I want people to understand. Like that struggle is not there anymore. And it will take time to get there. Like this is this like for me, this has taken years, but like you start moving in the right direction and keep tweaking over time and just redirecting, it just keeps getting better. Mm-hmm. So so it's worth the journey and and a little bit of tweaking goes a long way but understand that your body innately knows what to do when you start doing the right things and it's awesome to watch it, it really is i love adaption man like it's so fun to watch the body yeah and everybody everybody's uh, systems have to find their way back to that homeostasis through adaption and that's what we see as practitioners when we're watching patients go through their healing is you're watching adaption and then you're watching the, the shift of the body and it's just fun to watch man yeah it's uh, fun to it's fun to experience and, and put into practice right yeah yeah because right. the, the benefit and the the obvious outcome physically is is there and uh, i mean i noticed that too i mean i have similar goals to you i don't necessarily want to put on more weight um personally i i'm a, i'm around 190 uh, roughly around there uh been that way for years even with you know fasting and whatnot it'll fluctuate between 185 and 190 195 um uh but my my main goal is is actually movement just really improving movement and flexibility like doing uh, my my big goal objective marker is just doing handstands without the the support of um the wall and and just nice doing backflips and front flips and moving super fluidly in my body and, and basically becoming a ninja uh, yeah, to whatever I, degree. I, I, I don't know, but it's just fun to be able to see how the body can move. And uh, so I'm working out with uh, two different trainers. One, we were more just really focused on the traditional weights and, and increasing weight, um, increasing strength. And then the other one is all about f- functional movement. And so we're doing some really fun, like forward leaning pushups to like um, hip holds to calf raise holds to again, basically working myself towards, you know, doing all the, f- like the, the, the kip up and the flips and the, and the high handstands and all that stuff. Uh, because I just wanted to, I've always wanted to be a gymnast and I've always wanted to move my body in that kind of way. And it, it gets me excited to see the fluidity of movement. And even from like, standing or sitting down to standing up and doing yoga with more freedom and uh i get excited to see what's what's what the body is capable of and i'm doing a very similar structure to you i my feast days are definitely on the weekends uh, i do a lot more of the heavier fasting on on the tuesday wednesday thursday when i'm at work but my first like heavier workout day, just the way the the the, the trainer works with the trainer uh, the two trainers i work out those more challenging days on the Thursday and Friday. Friday is the heavy weights. Thursday is this more focused training with this, I call them like my sensei, my mobility stru- instructor. And I'm doing GMB other days along with yoga and, and uh, some version of HIT or some of the homework that he gives me, I'll do at least one or two other times during the week. So it's, again, adaptation for sure, lots of variation. Um, but the focus for me is all mobility. Dude, that's exciting. Yeah, it's fun. It, it's exciting. It's nice getting eyes on you. Like, there's little things where I was doing, you know, hip ups where you're lying on your back and raising your hip and, and doing one leg hip up where you're just noticing um, the contraction in your body. 
so I was noticing like where am I pivoting or tilting just having some eyes on on me to see where I'm structurally sound um, even I, I was never a big deadlift guy but even just getting some coaching there I think there's a tendency to really do that pelvic tilt almost too much where we're like hyper rotating and, and where's that neutrality that you can be you know so these like subtle little movements and I'm recognizing that so much of my historical way of working out I never really focused on full body engagement where now I'm actually getting into like that right posture whether I'm doing shoulder press to handstands or whatever it may be I'm getting that whole core engagement all the way down to my toes you know if I'm doing upper body and vice versa for lower body and engaging the entire neural circuit and that's where you feel like all that little shaking and little adjustments uh, and I really felt that the other day when we were doing some rings and I was just doing some prop up with the the what's I called like just the the straight leg raise and man I was shaking like crazy uh, and my body just hasn't really received that neural input in that kind of way before um so it, these subtle little changes that, that we can notice are quite profound, but uh, that was one of the big messages is just full body engagement with whatever I'm doing. I love that visual. I was thinking of Pilates when I used to mm. do Pilates on the reformer. Oh yeah. That, yeah, that totally. neural connection with your core and your yeah. entire, pretty much your entire midline from like yeah. head to toe, right? Just engaging at that core level. Yeah. And then even Kundalini, when I've done Kundalini yeah. yoga with you, like, some of those kriyas man totally like, the whole thing is on fire it's just <laughs> burning <laughs> yeah your nervous system is literally waking up oh, at every level of your man, body you yeah. can feel it at, oh man yeah totally. i i can feel i'm tingling right now just talking about it yeah but isn't it interesting like when we think about our you know traditional movement series we're we're so focused on isolating a muscle which is great but I know for me, I get so distracted on focusing on the muscle that I forget about the rest of my body. And I can be really, let's say, even like with, with bent over rows or, or like um, whatever it may be. I, I know I'm really just trying to target that specific muscle, but I've kind of detached my consciousness from the rest of the body. Whereas now I'm really like thinking about, okay, what are my little toes doing? Uh, or what's my, yeah, what's my pinky toe doing while I'm doing this exercise all the way up the whole neural circuitry in it? It really requires a, a meditative focus and presence, I think. But the reward is huge because you can be engaging your abs or your core while you're doing something completely different than that. And, and I think about, you know, the podcast we did with um, uh, Creatrix, um, just the, the S-shaped curve and really getting focused on the whole neural communication. I mean, this is your, this is your bread and butter, right? No, well... I love how we move to the spine because this is fun. I mean, <laughs> this this is the most important part anatomically of your structure, your spinal column. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny how it's pretty much neglected by most people. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Oh, totally. Um, but yeah, I mean, how many people when they like the you know my big thing with my patients for example is they're like oh my bad like low back pain should I build up my core should I do sit ups I'm like well no it's not just sit ups like there's a lot of other things you need to do to build up your core and like people are so stuck on just thinking it's their abdomen that they have to mm -hmm. strengthen to fix their low back and and that's a big no like yes that's a very small part but you have to strengthen your core 360 degrees from pretty much your your knees all the way up to your chest the bottom mm -hmm. of your chest you have to build all of that there's engagement through just that core piece but then like what we're talking about is you're talking about this literally functional core strength of the entire column all the way up from the base of the skull down to the tailbone and engaging all of that with everything yeah. else and that right there i mean that's true that's like having true spinal control and functionality if you can engage all those muscles and then be able to like feel every piece as you're engaging that that's huge because most people couldn't do it if you ask them to yeah. just sit up straight and engage the whole column they can't do it mm -hmm. they don't have that recruitment and that connection with the mind and the body yeah. i remember when i first started trying to do that with some of these yoga movements or the kundalini stuff i couldn't get it to connect all the way through it took a lot of practice and breathing mm -hmm. I don't know the biggest thing that helped me get there. Um, 
but when you finally do number one it burns mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's a very interesting feeling but yeah man it's it's like you're saying it's this connection mm-hmm. and it's this inward physical connection but it's beyond like physical it's 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 uh how would you just well, say so that, it's energetic i mean and it's energetic yeah. right but like you can feel it physically like yeah. we're talking about but it's it's not like a horrible pain but it's like that burning when you're working out but it's like at your core all the way up yeah but there's something else beyond that like yes it's energy but man it's just interesting when the breathing's involved and the mm-hmm. focus like i'm having flashbacks of men's camp and all these things when we were doing all those kriyas And there's a connection on so many layers Mm -hmm. at one moment, right? Yeah. And and that is what I think people need to experience. And when you can do that regularly, yeah, man, that's that's good spinal number one recruitment. Uh, uh, That's a huge piece. But it's it's really just having more integrity with that part of your body innately, and then Mm -hmm. and physically. Well, yeah, and I mean, I can't but think that obviously the there's a fascial component as well, and. Um, you know, if you sort of reflect on some of the the science behind the polyvagal theory, where basically there's inputs, you know, internally or from visceral, from organ until to the muscle and then muscle and back, but also the dermatomes, which would be the superficial, um, like, I guess, patterning of how our neurons are connected to just all the way down to the skin. And when you're, when you're waking up these different parts of the body, you're getting that whole you know, communication system back online. And I think of how many people, you know, experiencing physical symptoms like Raynaud's or like very obvious physical circulation issues um, or neurological like neuralgias and things like that. That's that's a massive disconnect and obviously accumulation of toxicity and stress and inflammation localized in particular areas. And, and you know, when you're moving in these kinds of ways where you're engaging and, and recruiting and, and conditioning your body to wake up different aspects. Um, you know, I think these are just different access points into, you know, uh, your your parasympathetic nervous system and just reconditioning your body. Like, And then obviously it has an effect on your mind. Like uh, it improves your ability to move through stress because you're applying a discomfort into your system in a controlled environment that builds resiliency neurologically speaking obviously through the hormonal system biochemically of course but also from that that mindset of like uh, i'm going through a challenging experience here i'm holding it i'm breathing through it and obviously you know you mentioned engaging that breath is another huge part Uh, it just it makes like exercise it just takes it to a whole new experience you know we talked about recovery being such an important part of exercise as, as just a basic foundational building block and very movement variation. But I really see this as this is the integrative experience of what exercise is doing and, and how to ask more of our body or be more conscious when we are moving our, our system. And, and I think that's why, you know, pairing yoga or Qigong, Tai Chi, whatever it may be with, um, more traditional or even hit workouts or things like that so that you get more of that integrative experience i think that's that's key it's an important piece um you know i i can't tell you when i started picking up yoga but i my journey with yoga continues and it's uh i don't honestly do it a ton but i do it and then i'll and clarissa's a teacher now too right yeah clarissa does it all the time and like but like i'll have these like patches of the year where I do it a lot and then I'll kind of taper off for a while and then I'll do it a lot but I always come back to it man and and like Mm -hmm. it's so interesting when you when you have that type of of variation in in your fitness right and and honestly I would call that meditation as well Mm -hmm. like you're saying you're getting to connect on that innate and you're getting to go to the internal right you're getting to to just connect more in that mind-body and and the breathing for me with yoga is the thing I love about it. Yeah, you know, like it's so interesting when you're under a lot of stress, right? And you know you are. You know, life's getting. You feel like you're climbing the mountain in that part of life, and you're on a steep part. And you can go to something like that, like yoga, or there's other practices, like would you say qigong and some other stuff. Mm-hmm. And you find where your breath is. 
and it's very noticeable you're like oh man like i can't breathe like mm -hmm. i'm in that full-blown survival defense like fight or flight and then as you're making your way through your yoga session you're focusing on that breath and you're going through all of your poses you struggle for a while like i've i've had sessions where i struggle for 25 minutes to open up my breath it literally takes almost a half hour of mm -hmm. me working at it and then i've had sessions where it opens up in the first like five minutes yeah but it's interesting when it finally opens up how your body starts to shift during the session during those flows and how like the poses open up and everything gets more effortless and your endurance goes up and then you you make this connection with life and you're just like this mm -hmm. is this is the exact thing that that is happening out here was what i'm feeling internally it's like yeah. there's a there's a polarity there i mean think about that there's mm -hmm. an inverse there sure. and it's 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 really cool to see it but like when life is a certain way that's happening on the inside too everybody like it honestly is and you can express this and tap into these things through these practices and find that awareness is what i'm trying to get at yeah so where you know you need to start to to change what you're doing because you're not where you need to be and you need to ch you need to shift gears yeah that's beautiful I mean, I can't but think, you know, how many people are suffering from adrenal burnout, you know, or whatever that means. Um, you know, some people, it's, it's quite serious and they're using, you know, maybe hydrocortisone or certain medications to, to take some of the pressure off the adrenal system. Uh, obviously, your adrenal glands are one component of, you know, recovery, but um, they're not everything, but they're obviously a large component. And, you know, the amount of people struggling with overwhelm you know because maybe they're doing too much they're working out too much the wrong way obviously there could be a nutrition thing and they're just a life stress and poor coping mechanism or, or challenged coping situation um but what have you found you know i mean we were going to talk a bit about hyperbaric too but what do you found some really important tools to support this i mean it's all adaptation that like your adrenal glands are helping you adapt to your to, to life uh, what are some things that you find to be really important for, you know, integration? Obviously, we mentioned yoga and, diet and some movement variation, diet variation. Uh, any other pieces to this little puzzle that you think that are, that are key here? Yeah. So I was going to add, like, I'm working out Tuesday, Thursday, and Tuesday, Thursday, and then I told you I have an active day on the weekend, right? But that doesn't mean I'm not doing other things for recovery. Like, so on the other days, like, when I get home, if I... I'll do mobility work. So I'm stretching, I'm rolling out. I have a, like we, and I'm in my bedroom. I'll have to show, show it one day, but, uh, I have, we have this little basket and there's probably like 15 different recovery tools in there from like the vibrating, like, uh, balls from TP yeah. therapy that you roll out on to the stick to golf balls to roll your feet. I mean, we got all kinds of tools, right? But I'm using and you got to mention like the the swing that's up behind your head, uh, <laughs> which when we first got on, it, it looked. I didn't want to say anything, but David said, uh, like, you know, you I'll might be thinking that, there that there's a sex swing up up above my head, but that's right. a recovery tool as well. Is it yes. a sex swing? Is it not, David? Like, it is not. It look. I know what it looks like. <laughs> I was laughing earlier because I could see it in the video, but no. So that's one of those um, gravity yoga suspension. Uh, trainer deals i got that for clarissa for christmas a while back um it's actually pretty fun to use and then like i hang on it and stretch and so we use you that do a video of that one man i think you should put that on the the socials and, the, and then you know what's cool about it is you can actually get in that thing like a hammock and open it up and then lay in it like a cocoon and you can just take a nap oh wow you can avatar it as i call it <laughs> That's awesome. You could just project you your consciousness joke? somewhere else. You gotta avatar it. Yeah, exactly. Remember when they get in home tree and they get in those yeah. little hammocks and they like close up. That's what totally. you do in there. It like opens up and wraps around your body and you can take a nap. I've taken a nap up there. No kidding. Yeah. Okay, when so we, we need to see it. all those visuals. <laughs> so that'll be a future post. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I love it. So yeah, you, so I totally distracted you. No, no, you're fine. So. So I, I do recovery stuff. So I'll roll out, I'll stretch, you know, I'll do some yoga poses. I'll do some GMB sometimes just to open up my body. Um, so I do do recovery like that for sure. And that, that, at, that at least twice a week, I do that minimum. 
And then and how um, much time are you spending roughly in that recovery session? Uh, probably like 30 minutes. Okay. May, sometimes less, 20 minutes. But I'm working on something. Like, I'm always trying to find awareness in my body. Like, am I tight here? What does this feel like? And then I go in and I start working on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do those things pretty regularly. And then, um, I t- like I said, the supplements, we mentioned that earlier. I have a supplement regimen. Now, I do use Optiadrenal. Uh, mm. sometimes. So like, um, one of the things I, I teach all my patients with optiadrenal is like, if you're starting to drag when you're getting out of bed, uh, if you're starting to notice when you go outside, the sun's too bright and you're having a hard time, you put on your sunglasses, you feel like you need a hat, uh, because the pupillary light reflex when you're in adrenal fatigue. And then the other one is, uh, you get up from lying or seated to standing and you get dizzy or see stars yeah. for a second. Those are all signs that your body's moving into adrenal fatigue, adrenal exhaustion. So this is just telling you that your body is, you're dumping too much cortisol, you've been under too much stress, you're overstimulated, Mm -hmm. and you need to downregulate things. So there's a really neat supplement called OptiAdrenal that I love, and I've literally been using this stuff for like, buddy, like I've been in practice 15 years. I've been using this stuff for 13 years probably. Mm. And it's amazing. It works. It's awesome amazing supplement but it basically supports the stress response so like you don't have to use it every day it's not one of these like i take it all the time i teach all my my practice members how to use it and we talked about knowing when and then you just like for example i'll take it sometimes for three days and that's all i needed it for yeah you know so like i take my morning dose when i get up i take around noon and then like what that does it helps me with my energy throughout the day it's supporting the stress response because of where i'm at and then I, I, I have the awareness because I'm taking it, everybody, and you should too if you're my patients and you're listening because you, you always tell you this, you have to pump the brakes. Yeah. So, like, if you're on OptiAdrenal, you're supposed to be pumping the brakes at the same mm-hmm. time. Like, it's not like I take it and I just keep going. Yeah. It's funny because that's what some of my patients used to do. Yeah. A lot of, like, lawyers and doctors that come in to me. And it's great. I can just like, push harder. I love OptiAdrenal. <laughs> like, it just keeps me going, man. And I'm like, no, that's not what it's used for. I was like, you need to slow yeah. down. That's just, like, uh, so, yeah. But uh, I take that, but I haven't had to take it a bunch. And like in the last month, maybe twice for like three days at a time. And then, what else? I'm curious about your HRV. Um, oh, how's yeah. how's it doing? Have you are you noticing a response there? So with your yeah, so just for people that. listening, HRV, heart rate variability, it's a measurement of your nervous system essentially. So if you've got the aura ring, it's one of those metrics that you can look at for for recovery. Yeah, so we were talking about that earlier. I, we got to have something to measure. I'm big on that. Everybody, yeah. if you if if you don't have something helping you measure like your recovery or your readiness, like you need to do that. It's a huge part of like you putting all the pieces together of everything we literally talk about on this podcast, right? Yeah. Um, it's interesting, man. Like uh, when I started up, there were some shifts. Like I told you, my sleep wasn't great, and then mm-hmm. I, my sleep started to improve, and like. One of the main things I noticed is my, my readiness score jumped up really, really progressively, just started to get better and better over the month. And now it's like peaking. Um, but it's because it was showing that my recovery index was improving. Mm-hmm. And that's actually usually what's not where it needs to be when I'm not getting the best readiness score is the recovery index is yep. the one piece. And all of a sudden, it just like it's, it's like got a full bar all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. So that's been cool. Um, so yeah, I've noticed some shifting in, in HRV as well. I mean, you look at the data once you start breaking it down and yeah, I mean, my HRV is improving and that's why I'm getting that better uh, recovery index. Yeah. And then, you know what I added and we'll talk about this. I have to talk about this. I can't believe we didn't start at the beginning is that we went to the biohacking conference. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So we, me and Clarissa went to the eighth annual biohacking conference by um, Dave Asprey and Bulletproof. And it was cool, man. It's it's one of those conferences where it's open to the public. So you have all these like biohacking enthusiasts and health health nuts and health coaches and people in the health field, massage therapists, naturopaths, chiropractors, dentists, like pretty much. And then anybody who you see on social media pretty much that you follow was pretty much there. there. <laughs> they were pretty much there. So it was a cool event. Uh, Dave Asprey put on a really nice event. I was I was actually pretty impressed. 
so he had it in Beverly Hills. And so me and Clarissa stayed, uh, we stayed at the SLS in Beverly Hills and we were like down the block in the neighborhood. Nice area of LA actually. Mm-hmm. And, um, really nice event, man. But we, I got to, we hooked up with, uh, Dr. Steven Schwartz. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, the yeah. Dr. The vibe. vibe. Yeah. Yeah. The vibe. We got to hang out on the vibe, which was really cool. Um, got Did you to see, see Dr. Dr. Porter there too. I saw Dr. Patrick Porter. Yeah. yeah. He had a, he had a, a really cool setup there. They were actually the main sponsor for the event. Okay. Um, yeah. And then buddy, what a cool event. They had so many fun toys. I wish I had a million dollars because I mm. just wanted to go that, that one and that one and that one but... and just start adding it to the clinic. Yeah. So they had, they had everything, man. They had PEMF, they had ozone, infrared therapy. They had uh, the nano V, they had hyperbaric, mm. Uh, red light all cryotherapy yeah. right i mean yeah anything you can think of that is literally in the natural health wellness health arena like was at this place on display it was really yeah. cool and guess what the theme recovery tools yes i mean those are all recovery tools right pretty much yeah so uh it was a lot of fun had a blast and uh what led us to this so there was a reason we were t- i had to bring up the conference uh so anyways, recovery, they had hyperbaric, they had, um, what else, what else was the big thing there? Oh, we saw Newtopia there. Oh, that was cool. cool. Yeah, and I got nice. to taste the Kala Genius. Have you tasted oh, that no, stuff? I haven't tried it yet. I haven't tried it yet. Buddy, like it's you. delicious, but it has, but it does have casein and it. it has milk. Oh, okay. But, what but are it's they delicious. I don't know, but it, it. I had a small amount, and it's really good. It does taste like chocolate milk. He wasn't lying. So I met his daughter. Mr. Newt's daughter was there. Oh, nice. But yeah, really cool event. So anyways, let's, yeah, let's go into the recovery stuff. So great event. Everybody, go check that. If you're an enthusiast, that's a really neat conference. It is a little pricey to get in, but it's worth the ticket. And like mm-hmm. I would honestly say, like check it out. Um, I'm doing red light therapy and hyperbaric that's the only other thing I'm really doing outside what we spoke about. So like twice a week minimum, I'm doing the hyperbaric for at least 30 minutes. I haven't done an hour yet. I think I did like 45 minutes one day, but like pretty much a minimum of a, a half hour. And how many atmospheres of pressure are you doing right now? Is it 1.3 uh, or 1.5? Uh, it's, I'm not, I'll, I have that. Yeah, the, it's at 4.2, I think, okay, the dial. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's so, 1.3, uh, roughly around uh, 1.3 atmospheres of pressure. Yeah, yeah. and I'm getting about 94% oxygen. So between the concentrator and the yeah. pressure that you get just from the hyperbaric, I'm at about 94%. But that's been good, man. Like, no noticeable shift. That's probably helping the sleep, too. I mean, it's a combination yeah. of everything. But, like, we're I'm doing that, and then I'm also doing the light stem bed. So I'm doing red light LED therapy. And I do that for 40 minutes twice a week. So twice a week, red light LED therapy, and then twice a week, so an hour total of oxygen therapy. That's and awesome. that's it, man. Like, those two are the main ones. And uh, honestly, it's helped my recovery a lot. Like, yeah. I've had some soreness, but once I start doing those, it, it, it literally, like, it blasts it quick. My body just, like, heals really quick once I do those. Like, I wish I had more time in a day. Because mm-hmm. I would, because I would do a oh, light session every day for forty minutes, and I would do an hour of hyperbaric every day. Yeah, like well, I may just do that. I, I may just get up really early and like figure out a way to go do that for like a month straight and see how. That's what I say. It'd be good to even just track it over a, a period of time, because obviously, you know, in, until maybe you're at a stage in your practice or life where um, it's just built into your to your day, it could at least be a stretch of time. Uh, it's. You know, and when I say that, I'm just being realistic. You know, we're dads. You, know, you, you only have so many hours in the day. Obviously, you want to, you know, have, have some of that special time uh, in in bonding and wrestling with your kids. You know, because that's important too, and that's part of building, you know, endorphins and brain health and everything else. But uh, but yeah, uh, I think doing a stretch of time uh, with with hyperbaric and light bed together would be would be a fun experiment. That's and, the and just a human experience. That's it. Yeah. And I wonder, I would just pull up the Oura Ring app too, just to really highlight what that recovery index is. So it's a sign of very good recovery uh, in this recovery index is that your resting heart rate stabilizes during the first half of the night. So at least six hours before waking up. 
And that's really key because so many people, whether like, let's say you're sick, your heart rate's going to fluctuate. Let's say you're under a tremendous amount of stress, your, your heart rate's going to be elevated. And your body's expressing that that stress, you know, or, or that recovery process as we sleep. And so if we start getting stabilization, which then starts to support uh, an improvement in your heart rate variability as you move towards waking up, I find that my heart rate variability really starts to swing in much bigger cycles the closer we get to, to wake up time. Um, but I notice for myself, like my temperature will fluctuate if I'm not doing well, it'll be higher than typical. Uh, definitely a rec recovery index will shift. Um, and I just want to say on my end, my recovery or my heart rate variability has like on average before really getting into this stuff. And I also forgot to mention, I'm doing a whole lot more running now too, at least, at least one to three times a week, nothing too long. It's not endurance. It's really, it's more like I'm going close to max speed uh, for about 30 minutes. And I sometimes throw in a little bit of, um, like squats or push-ups or something in the middle of that run. Um, but my heart rate variabilities on average jumped up about 15 points, which has been considerable. Like I was hovering around 45, 50, and now I'm more like 60 to 65. Nice. So that's a huge jump for, for me. Um, that is also, huge. Yeah, I also that's noticed that. huge in general. That's a big jump. <laughs> it is. It's, it's massive. And so it's not a small thing. And so, you know, when you can have these objective measurements of what's going on, uh, I mean, it's, it's a significant change. But also, I feel like my, my HRV was better uh, overall on my first aura ring, where this one on average, I don't know if you've noticed any differences in your, your overall measurements, switching from the old ring to the new ring. Have you, have you seen it? I didn't, I didn't get the new ring. I, oh, I okay, right. Because, okay. like, I just had to buy one. And like uh, literally, like in less than a year, they're like, "Oh, well, you got to update the ring and buy another one, and you can be locked in." I was like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna." Yeah. Do that. <laughs> uh, so I stole the old one, but when they've updated the app, yes, I did see some changes. I think they're tracking the data honestly a little bit differently now because I knew I know they did update that when they did update the ring. They talked about your data shifting. Oh, okay. I'm like having new research or something like that that they're using. I right. guess there's like algorithms that breaks it down. Um, but yeah, like I like how you're you're talking about HRV. This is like the nervous system. So for our listeners, HRV is like taking a, a lens and zooming in at your autonomic nervous system. You're actually seeing what the the body is doing. So what Nick was describing, when my heart rate drop drops like that early in the night. That's my nervous system shifting in the parasympathetic tone. Yeah. That's that's the tone that your nervous system's supposed to shift in but before you go to bed because that's that repair anabolic type mode. That's how you're going to get repair and recovery and that good rest uh, so that you can heal and then you start another day. And, you know, when you're stressed, like Nick's saying, the data will show that your, your heart rate's not slowing down into your yeah. sleep cycle. And then you notice your sleep's not as good and you're not recovering as well. And so, yeah, man, it, it, I, it's interesting. And like I said, we'll see when I shift gears, if like, it's just, you know, if one thing's helping do this more than another, but I don't really care. Like for, for our listeners, it's a synergistic effect. You do everything that you're supposed to do and then they all start complementing each other. And then you get the, get this nice effect. Yeah. I think of it like a rainbow and there's all these different colors Mm. And you got to get them all like to merge together and then you like form the rainbow. And then when you hit the rainbow, you're just floating man and the body's doing what it's Love supposed it. to. So yeah, man, the hyperbaric and the red light's been fun. So mm -hmm. I've been pretty consistent, but, but for our listeners, here's the lesson on that. You don't have to do all these things every single day to get the mm -hmm. benefit. Like I'm just, I get on the light bed twice a week and then I get on the hyperbaric twice a week. And some days I do both at the same time. And then sometimes I have to split it up, but like, it's not taking, but maybe three hours total out of my whole week Yeah, to get that done. And yeah, I feel no, good. Awesome. And it's, and it's making a noticeable shift and helping me, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I love the, I love the hyperbaric. Um, oh, and, and the red light. I mean, I think these are foundational tools for, you know, microcirculation to oxy oxygenating tissues that maybe are deprived as a result of an injury or, you know, just poor, you know, metabolic function inside the body or, you know, like you said, chronic stress, which sort of diverts a lot of our blood flow 
away from the areas that need to be healed and just into the vital organs. And so, you know, the recovery index, different things like that can be amazing measurements. I mean, I even find that even um, I've just even last last few weeks, I've been more consistent with just wearing the blue light blocking glasses at nighttime because I am sometimes doing some work on the computer, watching a show with Sonia. Uh, I find that even that is just reminding your body that it's like things are quieting down and, you know, I try not to turn too many lights on at night. There's lots of little sort of environmental pollution, I think, that can interfere with our brain function and our ability to recovery, uh, to recover, I should say. So, you know, little things like that, I think, do go a long way. And, and you mentioned the, obviously, the red light. Red light's a, a great way to reestablish circadian rhythm function, which is where so much of the backbone of recovery, you know, demands of us is to have a proper balance with hormone stimulation and communication to our body. Uh, red light can be a great, great tool that really reset that uh, that rhythm. Have you jumped on a bed? Like a I haven't. Bed? I know I got. Oh, I, I want to. Yeah, I know. Do it. Right. I know. You have to, man. It's so good. You know, we're talking about the nervous system and, and red light, right? Um, the thing I love about that therapy is, like, it, of course, it feels amazing because, like, it's heating up, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not the heat for our listeners. It's the light and the frequency that's pushing out of the light. There's infrared on there. That's what you're feeling the heat for. Yeah. But um, when you're on it, man, your nervous system, you can literally feel it. Like, when you're overstimulated and you're on there, you can feel it just starting to downregulate and drop. Mm -hmm. So the point where it knocks people out, I have patients who just pass oh, yeah. out on it. Yeah. They literally knock out. We have to like go in there and wake them up to flip them over because they're asleep. But um but you feel it and then like you get up and like it's funny to watch people walk out of the clinic when they jump on that thing because they're just like they have that vagal response, their eyes yeah. are glazed over and they're just like floating when they walk out. Mm -hmm. And it, it's and it's cool because they come in and they're like super stressed and they walk out and they're just like floating. But that's what I actually love about it. And then I'll throw the brain tap on when I jump mm. on that thing and then I'll put the, the light stem pro panel on my brain. So yeah. I'll, I'll kind of trio it. And that's a fun, it's a fun, it's a nice combo. It's a nice it combo. It feels really good. Yeah. So. Well, so many things, right? We talked about exercise variation. We talked about the importance of recovery, some different, you know, metrics you can look at to see how your recovery process is going, you know, tracking sleep through aura ring, or maybe you've got a different device to do that. Uh, some of the biohacks, some of the adrenal support, you know, and, and not to use things so you can go harder, but just so that you can be more integrative, you know, and when our body's saying no to us, are we willing to listen? And like you said, pump the brakes along with giving the supportive uh, nourishment that our body needs. Um, man, there's so much there. And, and obviously like these are, these are tools that not everyone's going to have in their home. So obviously go visit Dr. Wardy's practice. And if you're in Vancouver, we've got some of them. We don't have the light bed. Maybe eventually. You need uh, to get one. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But these are these are really important tools to be able to utilize and, and people, you know, can uh can access them and they don't have to be something so out of reach. You know, you've got a membership model at your clinic, right? Yeah, so yeah. the Vitality Lab, we have memberships for as little as two circuits or therapies a month, all the way to unlimited. So like or you can just pay as you go. But yeah. like it's just self-care like we're talking and that's the majority of people that are utilizing these things you know mm -hmm. my practice members that they know the importance of self-care so they just have a, a regular maintenance schedule that they keep of doing these things and it's it's a way of life buddy yeah i love what you say i just want to i mean nothing really to do with um what we're talking about here but i love what you call them practice members i i don't like calling people patients you know like it, i mean i guess we're doctors i, I don't necessarily i want I want people to know that um, we want people to be their own doctor. So I love how you talk about it as practice members. It's like you're part of you're part of a, a lifestyle change. You're part of a, a support group essentially that's that's working on you know being uh, the most optimal, healthy version of of who they could be, which comes from self awareness and experiences and things like that. Um, any anything that you want to add to that? Because I, I love that you keep referring to them as practice members. Yeah, man, I, I shifted that like, I think maybe like a year and a half ago, maybe two mm -hmm. years. I don't know. The pandemic just blurs things for everybody, right? <laughs> does, but, we, but we just changed what the way we wanted to look at that because I thought the longer I thought about it, the more I was like, you know what? Like, 
they're not patients. Like, like you just said, this is a partnership and, and they're healing. I'm yeah. here to help guide them and assist them and help them on their journey. And they're, they're, they're what they're joining when they come to us is they're joining an ideology and idea of what health is supposed to be and what it's supposed to look like and how you achieve it and get there. This is mm -hmm. just one of the ways. And I have a, uh, I have a process that, that I do that's very different than any other chiropractor anybody's ever been to. It's, I'm not a conventional chiropractor. I'm a specialist in the field. Mm -hmm. And I have a very specific way we go about it. And there's reasons, there's a big why behind the way we do it. But that's also why I get the results I get. So yeah. it's cool, man. Like um, practice members, because they're not, I have entire families, man, that come and see me. Like I have the parents, the grandparents, I have the children, mm -hmm. I have the, the aunts and the uncles. Like I have one community that I think over 26 people in that community come to me and they're all family and cousins. And Love so it. like, I don't see them as patients. I see them as part of my community, my mm -hmm. wellness community. And, you know, there's only so many people that we can take care of. And we're at a place now uh, with our practice where we're taking care of pretty much this one close-knit group of people all the time like mm -hmm. i don't have any more time for that many people like we'll have some availability to trickle in new patients but at the for the most part we have like our orchard right mm -hmm. and i just work really hard on taking care of those people and like it's fun to bring things like the vitality lab in for our community and that's why i do it i want to make more things available to them so that they know that there's better ways to take care of themselves and they have access to these things yeah it's it's really a partnership and a relationship it's it's not the here take this everything's going to be better you know there's no personal responsibility in in the conventional model and you know this is really an opportunity for people to be a part of something and you know we do the same thing with our longevity lab and iv clinic and you know the components that we build here really is for the goal of, you know, I get excited to bring things in to help serve people in a, in a different kind of way than what they're used to. Um, so I think, and I, I hope, like I, I do feel, and I hope that, that this becomes more of everybody's story. And so it's not just, you know, doctor is God uh, in a hierarchy that, that really it's a, it's a, it's a union, it's community and it, it involves like, the community I, I may have patients that sit in our ivy lounge or go through our member our, um, our longevity lab and they're like learning from one another you know and and it's so nice because uh, and, and especially even if we're doing online you know group stuff or whatever it may be that there's this um like it's like you met me you mentioned the orchard it's like uh i don't know if you've ever seen the biggest little farm where everybody plays a role every component of that dynamic is nourishing one another and it's not this hierarchical hierarchical sort of foundation or structure where it's like doctor above all and then then patient that sits below. Yeah, and I'm always blown away. I mean, people sometimes come in and they're just so blown away that their doctor um, recommended that they eat better or that they recommend they exercise. Like I'm talking about GP or medical doctor. Like they or they took a few minutes just to listen to them. It blows my mind that people are so profoundly um, rewarded or feel empowered when their when their doctor does that because well, all that really means like I feel like we set the bar so low. My doctor listened to me. My doctor told me to to eat a good diet. So now now I'm gonna listen. You know, I, I'm so blown away that we set a bar so low for what our doctors should be doing for us when really they here's a way of living. It's an invite. It's a community. It's, it's all of these things that really is established an environment that supports healing. Like we should be demanding that or asking or looking for that maybe with, with anyone we choose to spend time with on, on our healing journey. And I think that, you know, if that's the best that our doctors are doing currently for us, it's time to change the paradigm. Well, it's like the famous saying, and I'm going to try not to murder it here. It's, uh, it says, uh, the doctor of the future will give no medicine, but will advise his, you know, his, his patients on the importance of the human frame, diet, and I think it's exercise, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, 
there it is right there man and like i would i would lump in the the diet piece toxicity and those type things into that piece right but it's it's no joke man like like for people who are listening set your bar higher on who you want to help you with your health like everybody will play a part we talk about building that dream team Mm -hmm. around you of different practitioners and different fields to help you but set the bar higher yeah exactly there there are good doctors out there there are bad doctors and there's everything in between but um find something that you know is going to help help you grow and evolve and achieve what your health goals totally yeah i think too often we we set the bar for mediocrity right like for things to be just a little bit better or just to get over these symptoms, you know, we could be asking way more profound questions about our health. And, and I love that this conversation really is coming full circle because that's, that's how you started with your intention. You wanted to ask more of your body. What are all the things that I can be doing right now to, to ask more? And, and then you get to have fun and experience your body in a new kind of way. And, and and then that those questions are going to get more profound and deeper and and more introspective and and the results are going to be there you know, to match those that discovery that you're that you're uh, that you're looking for. It's Beautiful. an exciting it's an exciting journey, brother. It is. It totally is. And I'm glad to be on with you, bud. I, I couldn't yeah, imagine I'm... doing this without you. It's fun, brother. Yeah. Appreciate you. Love you, man. Love you too, man. So uh, for everyone tuning in, you know, when you when you listen to these podcasts, it's obviously Dave and I just sort of sharing raw, just information of, of things that we're doing on a regular basis, you know, and we obviously want to hear from you guys too. So if you've got insights or, you know, things that you want to learn about or, or you know, some of your own cool questions that you're asking yourselves and, and what you're monitoring, you know, we want to hear from you. So please reach out and you can find us on Instagram, on YouTube and uh Check out our website. The website. Yeah, the drdads.com. Awesome. All right, brother. We'll see you next week. See you next week, brother. Take care. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to subscribe to the Dr. Dads and share with your family and friends. You can also follow and interact with Dr. Nick and Dr. David on Facebook and Instagram for a daily dose of inspiration and the latest in health and wellness. Be well.